Hi, friends. Hi. Hey, I want my, uh, my helpers. I've got some helpers that are going to help me with uh, illustration over here. Uh, two or three guys that, uh, Sean, you can get them over there. And just come on up here. And uh, I want you guys to take your, take your place right here. Uh, as you know, we've been in a series called Wisdom from the Women Ooch. So I'm going to take about 10 minutes and I'm going to give you a little wisdom from the Women Ooch. Women Ooch is a uh, Women Ooch wilderness in Colorado. And I went on this trip and backpacking 45 miles over seven days and 45 pounds on my back. It was incredible. Oh, no, you got to come up here. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's up here. Yeah. So you do that. That's awesome. Um, I'm going to put this down here. So, um, so I went, I went on this trip, it was really incredible, and, uh, and I, I learned so much about who I am, and it was so challenging, and it was so rewarding, and, uh, and it, was, it was an incredible experience to have, um, to, really to be with a group of guys that I was with 24-7 for 8, 9, 10 days. And uh, yeah, you guys just hold it there for a second, can you do that? Can you just hold it there for a second? And so, um, as as uh, as I was on this trip, I, I realized so many significant things. I think the first week we talked about um, how the, how we uh, uh, the second week was the cost of clarity and how when we get away in the wilderness we see things so clearly. Um, the first week was about the illusion of control and how when you go to the wilderness there's 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 just no control. You want to control things, but you can't control them, and it's significant because this is. I think how life works. You can't be in control. And, and God, people like to say God is in control, but there's enough injustice in the world that that seems ridiculous. God is certainly in charge, but he has something greater at his disposal than control, and it's called his sovereignty. And we talked about that on the first week. And so all these lessons. And so this week, I want to talk to you about how there are strength in numbers. Strength in numbers. The people I was with on this trip, when we were climbing the, these, these mountains, I mean, we were up 10,000 feet, 11,000 feet, 11,500 feet. We were, are you guys okay? You guys feeling all right? I mean, you were, you're sweating pretty bad here, but that makes you no different than them. Yeah, is it, is, is it heavy? It's a little bit? You look like you're, it's not heavy at all. <laughs> We were climbing up these mountains and it was incredible. If I, I, and, and as we climbed up these mountains, I know for a fact if I wouldn't have had the people climbing next to me, I couldn't have made it. My body was giving out. I was starting to be overwhelmed. I was starting to be just uh, like, okay, it's not worth it. Let's just, wherever we can find a space, let's just set up camp for the night. It's done. I'm done. It's over. I don't want to climb anymore. And we'd stop for a little break, and then we'd try to start again. And it was like, it, it was just so hard for me. If I would have been by myself, I would have been under a little lean-to, under a tree, sleeping for the rest of the day. But instead, I had friends who helped me make it to the top. I had people who helped me, encouraged me, challenged me, walked right beside me, walked right in front of me. I have seen more of Nate Emmert's back than I care to. Because I walked right behind him, and as I was walking up there, it was so hard, but I just stayed. Wherever he stepped, that's where I stepped. Wherever he stepped, that's where I stepped, and I just kept going. If you, are you guys okay? Do you, do you need some help? Yes. Do, you want, yes. do you want some help? Yes. Okay. Yes. Who, who, guys, I need some guys to come up here and, and help. Come on, yeah, some guys, you guys, a couple of guys over here. Yeah, yeah, come on. I need some strong guys to come up and help. Come up and help them. Yeah, oh, that's awkward. 
Okay, no, maybe, maybe just, maybe just help them with your, yeah, your arms. That's really dirty. Okay. Yeah. What, some of you get on this side. Some of you get on this side, and kind of hold it like this, maybe. Some of you on the other side. Yeah, that's good. All right. That that'll probably help. All right. So, so as I was saying, I, this this wisdom from the woman who tells me that there is strength in numbers. None of us can make it without the help of others. How's that doing? Is that is that okay? I, I think we need some more guys up here. Some more guys? Can we, can we have some more guys? Just, just a few more guys. Come on up here. He's holding it with his pinky. What the? It's crazy. Listen to this scripture, all right? Listen to this scripture. Ecclesiastes 4, verse 9. Here's what it says. Oh, we got big boys coming. We got big boys coming. Now, okay, this is awesome, but these guys can't help that way. So... So you're gonna have to bring it down and and and, and bring it down to until you're kind of holding it. Some of you on this side, some of you on that side. Yeah, that's good. That's good. All right. Check out this verse while they're doing that. Ecclesiastes 4:9. It says, Two are better than one, because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. That reminds me of Mr. T. I pity the fool that doesn't have anybody. To help them up. Verse 11 says, Also, if two lie down together, they, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? All you single people, don't get excited. It's, it's, it's not justification for you. All right? Verse 12 says, Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. And a cord of three, everybody put up three fingers, and a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. When you, when you get people around you who can help you, there is something so essential that happens in your life. So many people want to do life alone. In fact, we live in an individualized culture. We live in an isolated culture, and we've got to break out of it. Let me tell you this. Christianity, if you're, if you're interested in looking at this, or you can use it for this either way, but Christianity cannot be practiced as an isolated, individualized spirituality. It is a communal religion. There's tons of one another in scriptures in the New Testament, and they talk about how we should treat one another. They are the one another in scriptures. They're filled in all throughout the New Testament. Are you guys okay? You feeling good now? How about my three guys that start? You feel good now? You feel better? Easy? Okay, okay, good, 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 good. Okay, so you're going to have to bring it down because at some point, I'm going to walk on it. So you got to bring it down in your arms. All right. Okay, so. so here's what I want you to see. Here's what I want you to hear. A healthy church, does everybody pay attention to me? A healthy church will grow larger and smaller at the same time. Say it with me. A healthy church will grow larger and smaller at the same time. Say it one more time. A healthy church will grow larger and smaller at the same time. If we just grow larger in numbers, but we don't grow smaller in community, we will be unhealthy. If we just grow smaller and we don't grow larger as a church, guess what? There's a bunch of people who need Jesus who won't hear about it. Listen to me. 
There is something so powerful when we can put our minds around the fact that Jesus wants to add more people to us. And that's a good thing. I have people who come to our church sometimes, and they've been to another big church that's bigger than ours, and, and they'll say something like this to me. Yeah, we were really looking for something smaller, you know, something because we just really enjoy that small community. And I just kind of, sometimes I'll actually say it out loud, but I always think to them, well, good luck. You're not going to be happy in another two years. Come on. Because it is the desire of Jesus to get people out of the kingdom of darkness and to bring them into the kingdom of light. That is the desire of the Holy Spirit. And in our city, there's plenty of people who don't know who Jesus is. And if they do know about him, they only know what they perceived as negative about him. They don't know his life and they need to see it and they need to experience it. And when we grow as a family, when we grow and become a family that is large, we've got to make sure that each other's taken care of. But but large, big is not bad. Big is not bad. It can be dangerous, but it's not bad. Actually, what happens when you become a healthy big church is you start influencing the city in unique and creative ways. There 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 becomes a a process by which there are less weaknesses within your community. Now check this out. There's no reason for any of us to suffer from our greatest weaknesses. Because somebody in this big group of people has the strength that you need. And you can learn from them. That's what needs to happen in, I believe, in every church. Every church needs to grow and every church needs to be small in their community and in their connection. And so I want to give you three points. Ready? Three points. Love big, not little. I know that there's a problem, there's a pain. When you, have to, when you have to experience the crowds or you have to deal with discomfort or inconvenience when there's a bunch of other people who need to be served, hey, you know what? That's a chance for you and me to become genuine disciples because we're there to serve others. We're not here for ourselves. And so I want you to love big because Jesus loves big. The Bible says that he, that all of heaven rejoices when just one person comes to faith in Christ. We need to join the angels of heaven and rejoice every time another person comes and joins our community. That's a big deal. And so there is strength in numbers. I, I like this idea. None of us are as smart as all of us. And so, uh, Ronnie, bring that, bring that thing up here. All right, you guys are going to have to bring this down. Bring it down so that I can walk on it. Yeah, I'm going to walk on it. Sometimes, sometimes people try to do Christianity in isolation. And they try to do it by themselves. And like me, walking on this beam, they try to walk across it. Now, could I walk across it? Maybe. I could walk across without following, falling, following, <laughs> following Jesus. But it's really hard to walk across because... Thank you. <laughs> Heal him, Lord. Touch him. <laughs> Touch him. Jesus. Is this heavy for you guys? You guys okay? You all right? It's pretty good? Yo, my son Ethan's like, yes, hurry up. Hurry up. All right, so it's, so it's possible for me to get from here to there by myself. But I don't think that's wisdom. What I think I need 
is somebody to help me. And so, Ronnie, grab my hand, and I want you to hold my hand while I'm walking. And it's so easy to get to the other side. In fact, it's so easy, I'm gonna go back and go again. Because once I have somebody to lean on, if I had another guy on the other side, it'd be so easy to just keep walking across that board. And these guys, there's strength enough here to be able to take care of it. Listen, there are things in our church and things in our city that we can only do if we're big and strong. And there are some things that, we, that only one person or two people can do. And we have to be good at both. We have to be good at doing both things. We have to be good at being personal. That's why when you come here on a regular Sunday and you come through those doors, you should be looking for somebody to connect with. You should be looking for somebody who's lost in the crowd because when they're lost in the crowd, Jesus is trying to get a hold of them and they, and they need help. Every one of us must be responsible for this. Every one of us got to make this church smaller. That sounds weird for a pastor to say, doesn't it? But I think, I think we have to make our peace with being big because culture says, well, I don't want to be part of anything corporate. Listen, it is my goal and it is my dream and it is my vision to have a church that's influential in Austin along with many other churches, but a church that is big but so relationally connected that people can always find their place. Hey, we haven't reached it yet. We're not there yet. We got work to do. We're, not, we're, we're far from uh, that kind of perfect church. Some people are like, I don't want to have anything to do with organized religion. I say, come to one chapel. We're totally disorganized. Amen. Here's, another reason, here's another reason to love what's big. Because eternity is at stake. People's eternal destiny is at stake. The second point I want you to take home is, not only do I want you to love big, but I want you to think small. Think small, not cynical, not critical. Don't just think about yourself, think about who needs you. Think small enough to realize that you are an important member of the body of Christ. God needs you and he wants to work with you and he wants to engage with you and he wants you to take care of others. The third point is serve Jesus, not others. Sometimes we get, we get our eyes down and we start serving people and then we burn out. If you serve people instead of Jesus, you always burn out. But if you serve Jesus and he points you to people that you're supposed to take care of, but you realize it's him you're serving, it gives you strength. It gives you understanding. He helps you understand who you are and what you're called to do. So here's the thing. we got to treat the church like what it is. It's not a human organization. It's not just a group of people that got together and tried to do some stuff. The church is a supernatural organism. The Bible talks about it in 1 Corinthians 12. It is a supernatural organism, thank you, that, that, that looks like a body. And the body's connected together. The head is connected to the neck, and the neck bone connected to the shoulder bone. And, the, and you, you, you get all the way down to the arms and the toes, and, the, and then there's an entire passage where the Apostle Paul is saying, look, don't treat this like a corporation. Treat it like a body and take care of it. Treat it like a body and make sure that it's healthy. Do you know who is the head of this body? It is Jesus Christ himself. Amen. So when you criticize his body, you're criticizing him. So instead of criticizing him or criticizing what's wrong, which, by the way, there's plenty wrong, instead jump in 
and make the body healthy. We're about to jump into uh, Connect Group uh, Sunday, which is held coming in two weeks, and we're going to spread out into small groups across the southwest side of the city and even further north, and, and there's a bunch of you that live north, and so some of you need to lead a group, and you haven't done it yet because you feel like you're either not qualified or you're too busy or, or, or whatever's going on in your life, but I want to challenge you to listen today to the voice of the Spirit, and He will, he will tell you. He will say something to you like, I really want you to lead. Here's who you can invite to your group, and I want you to make it a safe place for them. So I want you to do that. I want you to pray about that. I want you to think about that. Today's the kind of the final day for putting in your groups. You can go to onechapel.com. You can put in your, um, your, your group and where it's going to meet and what its title is and all that. But I want you to go beyond consumer tendencies to just see church as something that can do something for you. I want you to see it as something you belong to, something that is empowered and is enthused by the Spirit of God. I want you to think about this. Here's Ephesians 3.10, and this is the final scripture. His intent, meaning God's, was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God, think about this, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. Not only is the church supposed to serve people here on earth, but it is a supernatural entity that is proclaiming the wisdom of God to the supernatural powers of the earth. And taking authority in this dark world and spreading the light into that darkness. Verse 11 says, according to his eternal purpose. Everybody say purpose. According to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. The church is not a nonprofit organization. It's not primarily a corporation or even a charity. The church is an expression of God's historical purpose and plan to carry his presence and his power into the world under the authority and leadership of Jesus Christ himself. Yeah. And I want you to be part of that. Yeah. That's better than a hobby. Yeah. <laughs> That's something God wants for you and for me, and I want to encourage you to treat one another as such, that they are precious, the people around you. Just stop right now, and I want you to look around at the people around you. Look, look around. Look around. Look around at these people sitting over here under the trees. Look how jealous you are of them. You could be so mad at them because they had the idea to go get a chair and put it under there, but instead, you rejoice for them because they're cool, dry. Hey, you people under the tree, you should look out at those people and just have pity. You should, be, you should be moved with compassion like Jesus, and then you should trade places with them in just a minute. So listen, some of them are like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. The body of Christ, led by Jesus himself, is what we're called to be. Come on, let's pray. Close your eyes, bow your heads. Father... We want to learn, we want to grow, we want to understand, we want to engage. We don't want to be part of just a human entity. We want to be part of a supernatural, spiritual body that you're putting together. And we want Southwest Austin to be influential. We want it, we want it to be influenced not only by our church at One Chapel, but the other churches that are here around us. We want the body of Christ to grow in every direction. And we want people to be able to see who you really are because of our activities, because of our actions, because of what you've done for us. And so, Lord, give us eyes to see the harvest that is ripe, that is ready. Help us to see the thousands of people that are prepared right at this moment. Father, I pray that even at work or at school, 
or even in our extended family, that we see people that need you so desperately, and we just come alongside of them. We don't, we don't beat them up. We don't hit them over the head. We just lovingly begin to serve them and walk with them. Teach us how to do that as your people. Teach us how to do that. In Jesus' name, amen.